Hello, hello, hello. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning. You're tuned in listening to The Cinematic Odyssey here on United to the Moose. It's been quite some time since we've been on here uh, on the podcast, Max, uh, but we're back again after a small hiatus. I had a wedding that I had attend. Uh, that was a lot of fun. A close friend of mine got married, so congrats, congratulations to him. Um, he was actually a, a, a guest on the show for the... Um, Night of the Living Dead episode. So, congrats to him and his wife. Um, but, you know, we're here. We're going to be talking about one of the Best Picture nominees of this year. Um, a film that I, I wanted to see when it released back in, what was it, like April or something? March? Like May or June. Yeah, something like that. Um, one of the most beloved films of last year. Um, and a directorial debut from Celine Song. Uh, this is Past Lives, uh, a romance drama that is very meditative, very um, kind of, it, it tugs at your heartstrings very well, but not in a manipulative way. It's not like an emotionally manipulative, manipulative film. Um, I would consider it like, it does, I think it achieves the kind of climax or conclusion that you know we we witness um i think it achieves that very well and it deserves the ending that it gets um it's a brilliant film and i you know i as i was in previous episodes when we would talk about films of 2023 this was one film that i knew i was gonna love and i loved it it was breathtaking and uh, a triumph one of the best films of the year. Um, not my number one, though, but it is in my top three of uh, 2023. So, Films released in 2023? Yeah, films released in 2023. I know, I know what's up there as well, but what else is in that top three? Uh, Zone of Interest at number one, and then Killers of the Flower Moon, number two. Ooh. Yeah. Because b- before it was... Poor Things at number three. So, Poor it Things at jumped. four now. Yeah. Yep. So, this wow. was this was brilliant. I mean, there there's so much uh, to gush about in this film. Um, but I know you have seen this before. Did you watch... You watched it when it released, right? I did. It yeah. was a June weekday, and it was like... It was showing like once at 10 o'clock... And so I made the trip to go see it in theaters. It was great. I really loved it. I gave it five stars when I had when I walked out, and I I kind of I walked out and it was June and it, it was so it, it was warm and I could look up and I could see all the stars and I sat in my car and I just took a deep breath and I said, "What the heck did I just watch?" <laughs> <laughs> and I was, I was kind. Of, I knew I was going to have to watch it again, come um, podcasting time, Oscar time, that sort of thing. But the, I didn't, I didn't really ever have the window to do it. I knew I liked it. I knew I enjoyed it. What did I enjoy about it? What really did it for me? I guess. And you know, if there's one thing that I have not done that I wish I did. It's the white guy experience, which is just watch the movie without the subtitles 
and then just figure it out based on body language. And so I have really no clue what's going on. But it's it is such a really beautiful film and I just saw it this past weekend again and I had a lot of insight. I had a lot of thoughts. I had a lot of good things to say because I loved it when it came out and I still love it now. Yeah. And uh I I wasn't expecting such um like confidence in you know it being a debut like literally their Celine Song's first feature length film that she's ever directed um and like it it's like you could sense the maturity of her choices um and like the shot selection editing um and how like the film is very deliberate in its uh shot selection you know with these very long um meditative wide shots and you kind of it forces you to hold your breath and to just like sink in in the moment um and just kind of marinate there with the characters uh and just kind of like sit with your thoughts and and just as the characters are doing um and it's like it plays with time i mean time being a, a major theme of the film but like the the visually just and the pacing of it is just it's so i mean it's a short film i mean it's only a little over a, an hour and a half yeah. like 10 minutes but uh i don't know it's just like such a it, it lingers with you the film yeah. lingers with you um even past the credit rolls um and yeah, I just kind of got that sense of Celine was like really uh, focused in on um, making sure that, you know, us as the viewer are feeling like kind of in this same uh, chamber as uh, these two characters, Nora and um, Heisu. Um, yeah, brilliant. Because like, you know, we're introduced to them when they're children in South Korea and Seoul. Um, and obviously they, you could tell they have a very uh, big liking to each other. And unfortunately for Nora, who whose birth name is Na Young, right? Na Young? Yep. Something like that. Uh, her parents are moving to, to the States, or no, to Canada. And you know, obviously she's forced to leave South Korea and leave um, her, like, childhood lover or, you know... Crush. Sweetheart or crush, yeah, whatever you want to call it. Um, and that final shot of before she leaves, like, with the stairs, uh, you know, it's like two, like two walkways, two paths, you know, the stairs that she goes up, like kind of elevating her life to a new stage, new chapter in her life, and like kind of moving past the the childhood innocence or the childhood like kind of um, r romanticizing that like childhood love 
um, kind of f- being forced to move past that. Yeah. And meanwhile, um, Hey Soon, he's he ha- he's staying, and he's going down. He's like visually his his uh his path is like straight, like it doesn't go up or down. It just kind of is veering off to the left. But yeah, that's a one of my favorite. That's probably my favorite shot in the whole film. Um, and how about the revisiting it at the end? Was that when they were like reminiscing about it? Yeah, they're yeah, just right? they're out waiting for the the taxi, but then it cuts to them. Same location, young them in South Korea. Oh, that's right. And it's, and it's just nighttime. Mm-hmm. Chef's kiss. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and man, I will say, like the the tension is very palpable, especially when they're in the bar and and. They're talking to each other, and like the camera, the the camera just like cuts off Arthur completely, like he's not even in the picture, and it's like, <laughs> and it's like I feel this deep sense of uncomfort from his perspective, you know, because you can tell it's like, man, they really like each other, but it's like, I don't know. I mean, we'll talk about Arthur and. His relationship with Nora and all those things, but oh my gosh, yeah, I I just there's so much to to love about this. Agreed, very much agreed, and it it's not like yes, it's a philosophical kind of movie, and there's a lot of you know quotes that have deep seated meanings, and you need to like really th- sit with it and think about it and and ponder and consider. But it's not something that you can really miss meaning of. Like, you can still understand the scenario. You can still understand the situation because I think everybody's been in a situation similar. Or, I mean, not exactly similar. But, you know, you've had somebody that maybe there was a crush at one point. You've moved on. Maybe they moved away. Maybe you lost feelings at one point. There was some physical, mental, emotional barrier. But then they come back. I mean, whatever happened to that? The the idea of life is made up of a bunch of choices, hypotheticals. Hypothetically, what if her family hadn't immigrated at all? This could be a really nice age-wise romantic drama growing up with each other in South Korea. It's not, but the <laughs> the idea of it, it it's relatable enough that the philosophy of the film makes sense to I think a wide audience, and heck, I mean it makes sense to a college kid. So you know, success it worked out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry about that, but um. Um. Yeah, let me let me recollect my thoughts. (laughs) I mean, my dad just like bursting through my room. Sorry about that. (laughs) I mean, do you want to talk about Arthur? Yeah, yeah, we'll talk about Arthur. Um, but like, 
Yeah, well, before before that, though, you know, when they were, like, on their Skype phase. Yes. Um, <laughs> I, was, I was watching with Mackenzie, and we were just like, oh, that was us in college. <laughs> just <laughs> on FaceTime every day, pretty much. That was, like, our first two years of our, of our relationship, um, you know, being that long distance. But it's crazy how, like, for them, they were well on different sides of the planet and then it had been 12 years since they had last talked or even seen each other you know um but yes arthur and you know i thought it was odd though before again before we get into arthur i thought it was weird that she kind of wanted to not talk to him anymore i didn't really understand that decision of her like was she just trying to like was the break for her to try to grow up? Was that kind of the purpose of that decision? And like move past it? I mean, what I got and kind of what know. she says is like he won't be able to come to New York for like a year or a year and a half. She won't be able to go to Seoul for another year. Right. They're, if they could continue to talk in the way that they have, and flirt and relate and, you know, pick up kind of where they left off, it's going to be, it's painful for her because mm. it's, she's not able to focus on her work and the stuff that she came That's to true. the States That's to be true. able to do yeah, because she's pining for another old location, wishing that she could have gone back to Seoul or maybe that they never had immigrated. Like, she's ignoring the life that she has wishing for a life that could have yeah, been true. or might that's have true. been that's true and yeah because yeah yeah yeah, yeah that's that's right i mean yeah uh i i definitely understood like the work aspect because it seemed like that was all that they were doing was just talking to each other and her work was i mean i know yeah she mentioned it to him like she wanted to focus on her work and like kickstarting her career um but yeah then going to um that artist's retreat or whatever they called it um and then she met arthur uh (laughs) another fellow uh (laughs) uh, artist writer but a white guy and then she tells him this very beautiful story or tale of like korean lore korean mythology or whatever you would consider it Mm-hmm. About like two lovers being interconnected through different lifetimes and generations and all these sorts of things. What did they call it? Knee? What are they? What Inyung. is it called? Inyung, Inyung. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think that was that. That was really sweet. Um, and like the intercutting of uh, Seung or Heisung. Hey Sung, hey Sung, him in China, and like him walking through that busy like city street walkway area, and then him like eating, and there's this woman next to him eating, and they look at each other, and and it's like you know you have them connecting, and then you have Nora and Arthur connecting, and it's just like it's a very beautiful. It was a very beautiful sequence. I, I really love that. And then as she 
ends the the tale, it's like, oh, it's just something that Koreans do to seduce people. <laughs> I thought that was funny. <laughs> I was it's like, great. oh, that's so sweet. Oh, how nice. Oh, we, you know, we just do it to seduce others. <laughs> and you know what? It was damn effective. I'll say yeah, that. It worked. Yeah, it works. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, but but I mean, I know it does come up later and is in a more serious kind of uh, context, used in a more serious context. But it is an interesting concept to think about in terms of like how uh, these these like people that we meet or uh, that we come across or people that we like you know, you cross paths with, but you never even think about ever again, or uh, you have a con- like a small conversation with them, and then that's it. Or, like, you meet somebody, and then that's your, like, best friend for life, or whatever it may be. It's such a, it's such an interesting, like, thing to grapple with, and how, like, insignificant, but simultaneously significant your life is in the orbit of others uh and how grand uh humanity is so i thought that was a a cool a cool like thing to think about while watching the film i love it so much it's so cool oh my god i think about that constantly oh it's so cool it's like my it's like one of my favorite themes it's awesome I'm I'm giddy. I'm smiling. I'm having such a good time right now. <laughs> I thought you were making fun of me. I was like, no, oh, what? <laughs> no, not at all. This is genuinely true. I I I love this trope. I love this idea. This this thought. There's a beautiful song by Ben Folds. He he wrote the music. Uh, author British author Nick Hornby wrote the lyrics. And it's this beautiful, like, it's this story about two people who are like soulmates and they're meant for each other. But they, they kind of always pass each other, but they never acknowledge each other. They're not unhappy, but they like, they live their own lives. And it's like from, from the perspective of God or whatever. And it's like, it's so cool. It's so easy. You can see them. They're just like, they just, they just miss each other. And, oh. It's oh god, it's so good. I'm I'm in a state. Mhm. Mhm. Oh yeah. Um <laughs> no, for no, you're right, you're right. Um And then go, yeah. <laughs> no, you're correct. You're right. You're yeah. right. Cool, cool, cool. Um but yeah, that was like the, and then, um, yeah, but just like the little conversations. And then also too, I was just thinking about, oh dude, this is the before trilogy. Like there's like little, I think, I, I, I don't know if you, have you seen those films? Have you seen any of those? Not yet. Okay. Um, but there were some little shots here and there that I was like, oh, that's like, I think a reference to the, the trilogy. Especially the one scene where they're sitting in front of the um the carousel and 
they're not talking, but they're like looking at each other. Mm-hmm. They're like smiling at each mm-hmm. other. One looks away while the other looks at them. You know that that whole exchange. That really that was like kind of I think at least to me I think that was a callback to um one of the scenes in Before Sunrise where. Celine and Jesse go into uh, like a music listening booth in a record store, and that's like as the song is playing, they're like stealing looks at each other, and it's like, uh, and that was like early in that film. That was like in the first twenty minutes of Before Sunrise. Um, but yeah, I thought that was like, oh, that's a cool little callback. I don't know if like it was intentional, but that that was something interesting to point out good stuff yeah i mean if you'd like i've got another fun thing about that carousel scene oh yeah yeah i was gonna ask you because i know you mentioned it what was that what what were you gonna what were you gonna say about that this is all i had a revelation watching this because i think celine song who started out as a playwright and has then written this as her first feature film understands uh, theater history, especially musical theater history. Tristan, have you ever heard of a duo by the name of Rogers and Hammerstein? Mm, no, I'm for- no, I have not. Damn. Okay. Rogers so, Richard Rogers was a composer, and Oscar Hammerstein II was a lyricist, and they worked together uh, to basically start the golden age of Broadway. Their first show together, Oklahoma, was the first show on Broadway that integrated music, song, and dance as well with the story. So, like, originally, musicals before that, they just sang, like, a jazz standard and stuff that people knew, and then they went back to doing the plot because it didn't really make much sense. Oklahoma was, like, the first where they... The songs added to character, which helped push the plot forward, which then allowed the songs to become part of the show. Their second musical was called Carousel. Cool. Uh, it's not the only like reference, but um, Carousel surrounds a guy named Billy Bigelow, who is a barker at a carousel. He works at a carousel. <laughs> and I say Barker because it's taken place in 1873. So, perfect timing. But uh, Billy Bigelow kind of hits on this girl named Julie. And they're, 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 you know, around each other and they're starting to get affectionate with each other. But the most pivotal part and the most important part of Carousel within the musical theater canon is something called the bench scene. Because it is a 12-minute scene that takes place on a bench in which song and dialogue are interwoven to build this beautiful, beautiful scene. No one had ever seen anything like it. This was 45. But the bench scene, which... I don't know if they're sitting on a bench or on the steps out in front of the carousel. But um, Nora and Sung are sitting in front of the carousel. Yeah. Sitting. 
on we'll we'll call it a bench in air quotes. It's like it's like steps. It's steps. But yeah, yeah. They're sitting we'll call it a bench in air quotes. <laughs> um, but the culminating moment of the bench scene in Carousel is the song "If I Loved You." It's an entirely hypothetical song. But Billy and Julie both have their own verses in which they express what what they would look like if they loved the other. How that hypothetical situation uh, pans out. Like Julie's verse. If I loved you, time and time again I would try to say all I'd want you to know if I loved you. Words wouldn't come in an easy way. Round in circles I'd go. It's, I would want to tell you over and over and over again. The, the idea of that being a hypothetical song in front of a carousel with this shot specifically, with them having this conversation after so long, this is the conversation where he kind of he is putting the moves on her a little bit. A little bit. But he's they're having this conversation in front of a carousel that is absolutely deliberate. And that's why I think that's deliberate. Because it's referencing musical theater canon with carousel and the bench scene and the song If I Loved You. Because they're both into each other. They're yeah. both into each other, but they're denying it. Uh, verbally, and they're just kind of dancing around the topic and dancing around the subject because it would mean something way, way different if they were to actually jump in and, and explicitly say that they loved each other at that point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Of course, that's where the similarities and references stop because Carousel ends up looking a little bit more like it's a wonderful life oh, than right. past lives. But, but I, I, but I mean, I do, I mean, the, that you bring it up now that you bring it up and good piece of history and tying that in props to you max i Yay! i i remember in that conversation like in the broader scene when they were walking around the park they were talking about like marriage so and like kind of implying what their lives would look like if they were married to each other <clears throat> and then they do sit down in front of the carousel and they have that like little scene where they're staring, like stealing looks at each other. And you can tell that they're in love, but yeah, they're not, they can't, they can't say it to each other. It's just, there's something stopping them from saying it to each other. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I'm so glad I was alone in the theater when I went to see it the second time. You were alone? Because I, no one else I was, was alone. There? No one else was in there. Oh, I, I was verbal. I exclaimed. I was loud. <laughs> oh, man. That is, not, that, that is a, like a good perk. You know, having a theater to yourself, you could be as loud as you want. No one would care. <laughs> it was great. No, it was fantastic. Oh man. Um Yeah, and then also too when they first see each other after what 12 years. Yeah, 12 years, man. Well, there was two periods of 12 years where they had not seen each other. When she first left and then 
after they their last Skype call. Dude, that's a long time, man. Twelve years. Yeah. Oh my god, a decade. Oh, dude. Wow. Um. Yeah, and then they they meet each other, and look. Okay, now now I get to talk about Arthur. Now I'm oh yeah. Him. Okay, so I I gotta give him props, mad props to Arthur. <laughs> this dude, this dude had a. Uh, I mean, this dude, <laughs> this dude had, had a lot of trust in in Nora, which I mean, he should. I think every partner should have that trust in their in their partner, not to like leave them for uh, childhood sweetheart. But um, it is it is a terrifying situation. I think that he found himself in. Um, like to think about it, you know, you have these two people that have known each other since they were kids and there's like these feelings that haven't been there's no closure to the feelings that they had and there's still a lot of like passion between the two of them that's very subtle like they don't showcase it to each other but you can you know we all can see it we all know what's there um and it was just like I was just like this guy Arthur is this is a lot of balls, bro. <laughs> you know, and, and literally yeah. they like Nora and uh, Hey Sung had two dates, right? Two two dates just to themselves, like the entire day. So yeah, basically. And I think I think it is commendable that he lets her kind of like do that. I mean, obviously not to control her. He has no right to control what she does. <clears throat> but the fact that he was like open to the idea, like, yeah, go do that thing. You know what I mean? Like he wasn't, yeah. it didn't seem like he had any, um, uh, had any, uh, uh, like problems with it. Like, he was, like, kind of accepting it for what it was. I mean, he had hesitations, like, after the first one. Oh, yeah. But it was, like, he was still, like, I can't control you. I can't tell you what not to yeah. do. Yeah, You'll exactly. do what you do. Like, just, you know, uh -huh. go go do it. Have fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I, I respect that. I respect that, Arthur. I mean, he gained a lot of respect for me, his character did. Um, <laughs> that's like, did you not have any? What? Did you not have any? No, I did. I did. No, I did. I did have respect. I mean, oh, but more, more. No, I gained more as he was just like, yeah, go ahead, do your thing. Um, and that's a lot of trust. He had a lot of trust in her, which is also very commendable. Um, but I was reading, I was reading some like letterbox reviews, and some people were saying that he had some like insecurities. I I don't know where where would you say that was the case like when him and Nora were having the conversation in their bed I mean yeah I think that's the one spot like the dreams it's the one place that he can't go it's one place he'll never be able to understand her like yeah it can come off as a little bit more I want to I want to know everything that you think of every everyone that you 
you know, consider or do? It can. I mean, I think that was, it was a little, it's a little insecure, but it's also, I mean, if we were to flip it and look at it as from a place of caring and, you know, support, that's pretty sweet. I would want somebody to understand my dreams as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and then, um, when they go, when they go to, um, when they go on the, the dinner date, like, and then the bar, when they were talking at the bar, Mm-hmm. And that was the first shot we saw of the film when we had that like kind of commentary from other people and like oh, yeah. what they thought they were like the dynamic of the three of them were. <laughs> I, I revisited that, was, that. I thought that was really cool. Um, yeah. Wait, let's dive into the scene. And then we'll sprinkle in what the uh, people at the beginning say about him because i remember him i just watched this yeah yeah i've got it all right unlock okay (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah they they go to this bar and at first they're kind of like talking all talking together and he's uh hey dude hey Hey, song hey song um He's like trying to talk in English and like trying to keep up a conversation with Arthur and and Nora at the same time. Um, and then there's some like they kind of dive more into the Korean as the conversation moves on. And, you know, she's like sort of translating for Arthur, but not fully like it, she you could tell she's like kind of engrossed in uh, Soon and is not really like kind of paying much attention to Arthur at all. Um, and I'm like, oh man, poor guy. He's <laughs> just like sitting there. <laughs> He's just sitting there like, oh, okay. Third wheeling his wife. <laughs> the boyfriend's wife. Or no, a husband. Wait, wife's boyfriend. The wife's boyfriend. Yeah, he's, he's third wheeling his wife. Yeah, yeah. he's third wheeling his wife. The wife's boyfriend and the wife uh, having a great conversation. <laughs> oh. And I can't respond because they're speaking in Korean. <laughs> um, yeah, and then the uh, the conversation kind of moves on into like them talking about their the past. And then the, in, the Inyong comes up. And then it kind of like gets into territory of her communicating to Hesung like hey you know I'm not here to rekindle our lost relationship or whatever we may have had in the past um and kind of putting a bookend to that large kind of portion of her life and their their lives I guess together um I I think it's really important to say how Arthur is the one who brings it up, too. Or or 
it, the Inyun comes up when when it's just Arthur and Heisung together. Mm-hmm. Because they talk about how the two of them oh, that's right. have that's Inyun right. with each other as well. That's correct. That's true. That's because she left to go to the bathroom, right? Something yeah, like she that. Left yeah. The scene. Yeah. Okay. That's right. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. That's correct. But I mean, ooh, it. That's ooh. I like I like that a lot because it's not just it it broadens the scope a little bit. It's not just a romantic thing. Mm-hmm. It's an interpersonal thing. It's a human connection thing. Everybody's yeah, yeah. got union with each other, whether or not you end up married or or just walk past them on the street. Friends, family, acquaintances. It's all part of that network. Mhm. Mhm. Oh yeah. Um and uh, yeah, absolutely. It's a very human film. It, it like showcases the kind of humanity. Like, yeah, I mean, at the forefront, it's um, it's a romance, but I think a more broader kind of perspective. It's a it's a romance for humanity and like our relationships with others, like that are non romantic. You know. So I I'm think that that was a good thing to like point out. Definitely, yeah. I kind of forgot about that. I was more so because I was just more so entranced I mean, by the the conversation that she was having with him, and the fact that the, you... yeah, the fact that the camera, uh, per, like, dude, great directing. Like the way that the, as they <laughs> talk more and more, like the camera's just like, okay, Arthur, you're not, you're not important. <laughs> it's about them, too, you know. <laughs> it's like because you know you have the wide shot of the three of them, yeah, and then it goes into the and then a different wide, but just it's Nora and Heisung talking. Oh, it's great! Um, oh yeah, it's wonderful. Um, and the the people at the beginning who you know pitch what they could possibly be to each other. There are four possibilities. All of them are wrong, which I love because it's uh, it could also speak to the complexity of human relationships and how you can't really ascertain anything from a distance. You have to actually talk to them, understand the story. But like the first guess is the closest. It's uh, the white guy and the Asian girl are a couple. And the Asian guy is her brother. Wrong. The second one was um, the Asian guy and the Asian girl are, are a couple, and the white guy is their American friend, or the white guy is their tour guide. The last one is, I think they're all colleagues. Yeah, yeah. All of them are wrong. Mm-hmm. But interesting to start like that, and that there's these complexities that kind of happen every day. Like, for mm-hmm. example, I drove past a restaurant today. Inside that restaurant, what if somebody was getting proposed to? What if somebody was getting dumped? What if somebody just got their dream job inside the restaurant that I drove past and had no idea? Um, so cool! I know, yeah. Like, how... Yeah, like, this... That's right. I mean, showcasing how, um, you know, we're, 
we're such individual um, creatures. We kind of we're selfish in nature, I think, um, to a certain extent. Um, but also, too, it's just like a nice, a good reminder of how we are, these lives that we live, they are just so unique, but also like in, very important to tell these stories of each of our lives. And not kind of take them for granted. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's and a very, he, man, this film is very beautiful. Yeah. Very beautiful film. And, I mean, we can't, we can't do this without talking about that ending. I know. Oh, yeah. That's. <laughs> oh, it's oh, so man. good. Oh, indeed. There, oh, we'll just wait for a taxi. And then it's silent. I know, silent for the entire walk to the spot. And they were standing. Dude, when they were standing there and looking at each other. Oh. <laughs> mm-hmm. dude, more, more tense than a thriller, dude. I was like, <laughs> I was like oh my god, what are they going to do? What are they going to do? <laughs> are they going to kiss? Are they going to hug? Like, what's going on here? And then it, it then this just sits there. You just sit there. In that moment with them for like what feels like forever. But it's like, oh my gosh. Oh man. It was like one of those like moments in 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 the Mood for Love where they they like pass each other by or when he's at the door but doesn't knock. You know? He doesn't knock at the door in the apartment. And it's like Oh, dude, what do you do? Oh, what? What's? Oh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh my gosh! Oh, <laughs> it's like it's simultaneously so painful, but also it's like, well, she's married. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but exactly, that's that's the thing. Perhaps in a past life, they were something more to each other. Yeah. Maybe this life is a past life, and in another one, they're already something to each other. Mm. I mean, it's beautiful. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And Man, and... but... Oh, I can't get that image out of my head. Just them standing there and staring at each other. Yeah. Dude, it's so... Bro, I was like... I was like, oh, I was like curly. I was like, ah, like recoiling. I was like, oh, God. While watching that, I was like, dude, what are they gonna do? <laughs> oh my god. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. God. Um and then the car arrives and then they actually start talking to each other. Um and then yeah, we see the shot of them as kids back at that 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 fork in the the road. Um them saying bye to each other and it seems like this one was final this was like the final bye agreed like, yeah mm-hmm. like this is the end of their whole thing um yeah the man oh man oh man and then the walk back and then she walks back to the to her apartment oh man dude <laughs> Yeah, 
And Arthur's waiting out there for her, and she's in tears. Because she does love him. That's my yeah. take. I no, mean, she absolutely does. Absolutely she does. They love each other. Absolutely. And it's like, and it's it's such a, you know, <laughs> it's so it's so scary for them. Because it's like now the the what ifs, I mean, the what ifs pouring through like crazy, you know, through their mind. I'm sure that's kind of like what she was thinking about on that walk back. Like, what if I did this? What if I did that? You know? Absolutely. Um, I mean. Or... And wow. It, it's not it. Her love of Sung does not invalidate her love of Arthur. Oh, yeah. It doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't make their relationship less strong, I don't feel. it. It's not like... And he's there to support her. He's there with her. He understands. I mean... If, say, some some girl from South Carolina ended up moving up to New York because, you know, travel's tight for her, and seeing Arthur because she was his longtime childhood crush... And he was into her for a long time, but then they never spoke because he moved to New York. Same situation. Old, unresolved feelings. Not that I don't love my wife. Not that I don't love my partner. There's this person out there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Ah, that's so cool. I know. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm so... Ah. I, oh, I, this was number four last year for me, and I think that's right, mm. but I'm glad I just, I, it, it's good enough that I can re continue to revisit it, and mm -hmm. I will. I'm going to show this to my grandmother. It's going to be great. Mm. It's going to be so good. She's going to yeah. love this. I don't yeah, know this... how she'll handle the Korean, but I think she'll love it. <laughs> I'll show handle the Korean. It's the it's the reading part that's really the the difficulty there. It's the reading. Mm. Mm. But like throughout my, I've been ranking everything for the Academy Awards that I've seen. So every nominated piece of work, whether it's a short, animated, live action, is going in one like list. Past Lives is at number two on that list for me. For all uh, Oscar nominees? Or, yes, all Oscar nominees that I've seen. Dang, number two. It only sits behind Anatomy of a Fall. Oh, wow. I mean, what is my... Let me see. Because I have a... Well, I have a ranking for Best Picture nominees. Um, I think it's number three. That would make sense. Yeah, it's number three. Oh, behind Killers of the Flower Moon and Zone behind of Interest? Interest? Yeah. Yeah. And it's only garnered two Academy Award nominations. Which, which is I crazy, think... dude. That's such a... Oh, my gosh. This thing got snubbed like crazy. <laughs> this thing got snubbed, dude. It's so hard. I mean, but if you want to be really, really, really technical about it, though, with, like, the Independent uh, Spirit Awards, those... Academy, those those uh, awards came through. Celine's song won Best Director. 
Past mm-hmm. Lives won Best Feature. That's right. Uh, and it was nominated for Best Screenplay. And it That's beat right. it beat movies like All of Us Strangers, American Fiction, and May December. Which I good think is stuff. totally fair. Yeah, I agree. But that's good stuff too. American Fiction is another best uh, best picture nominee. Um, mm. May December was getting buzz for acting and everything. I mean, really, really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, I think Greta Lee should have been nominated. I would not have been upset at that. Yeah, and was Teo Yu as Heisung? Yes, yeah, as, as a, a supporting actor. I like this should have been, like, this should have been nominated. Was this nominated for best director? No, right? No, just best original screenplay and picture. Yeah, no, nah, this should have been nominated for best director. Easily, yeah. Like kick, hey, this should have been. Kick Marty out. This got snubbed. Celine Song got snubbed, and then I'd say uh, cinematography too. It's fair. Yeah, very fair. I think that got snubbed too. Yeah, that was really good, man. That was such a great film. I agree. <clears throat> well, I'm glad I watched it. Me too. Yeah. Glad you watched it, that is. Mm -hmm. I wish I did see it in theaters, though. Yeah. You know, obviously, it goes with anything. I mean, you'd rather watch a movie in theaters than at at home. I mean, it goes with anything, but... Oh, man, yeah. Yeah, that was... uh, Yeah, that was something. That was something. But did it live up to it? I've been hyping this up for, like, eight months. Oh, no, definitely. I think it surpassed... Dive for me. Yay. Yeah, that was amazing. It was an amazing film. Yeah, one of the best of the year, easily. Yippee. <clears throat> um Let's see what she's got next in, in store. Whenever her next project is. Well song. Fun story. She has something in the process. Materialists? It, yeah, materialists. She's writing and directing, but nothing, no information has been released about that. I think the only, the only thing is who's, uh, the names attached to the project, which may change, but Dakota Johnson, Pedro Pascal, Chris Evans. Oh, wait, actually, I have a summary from IMDb. A matchmaker's lucrative business gets complicated when she falls into a toxic love triangle that threatens her clients. Yes, please. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Oh, so that's going to be a comedy. I hope. Sounds like, yeah, it sounds like a comedy. I mean, I, I don't have a bonus segment. The my, my musical theater rant was the big bonus. I could quiz mm-hmm. you and say... You know, is this a Rodgers and Hammerstein musical? Or is it just a series of words that I found randomly made up in the uh, dictionary? (laughs) But I I, I feel as though that would not be that entertaining and you'd probably get some wrong. (laughs) 
Yeah, probably. <laughs> um. Yeah. Uh. Now, now what I have left is Maestro. That's the last film for Best Picture nominees to watch, and uh, I know that's probably not going to be anywhere near my top three, let alone five. <laughs> I think you're right about that. I uh, knowing you, I think that's about where it's going to sit for you. Yeah. Oh. Uh... I'm, this is. I think this is the first year where I've seen every Best Picture nominee before the Oscar, the show. That's good stuff. Yeah. Oh wow. I'm uh, going. I, I I'm going through my list right now. I'm. I'm looking at what is currently last in my among my Best Pictures. Oh boy. Could get me killed in some film circles. Oh boy, what is it? Oh, I know what it is. I know what it is. Uh, what is it? Uh, poor things. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, it is. It's so bad. <laughs> Terrible take. Terrible take. <laughs> God awful take. <laughs> that terrible. Absolutely <laughs> terrible. Oh, I've got a lot of stuff above it. Oh, yeah, a lot of stuff above incredible. it. You're tripping balls, bro. I'm sitting down. Not tripping over anything. (laughs) Well, hey, I hope you do love, well, I hope you do enjoy Zone of Interest because, oh my God, I know I haven't had the opportunity to talk about that that much. Like we did Tar last year or not in 2022. Because, you know, I do it. I mean, everybody knows how much I freaking love that film. Um, I. I'm on the same. I'm literally like about the same level of fandom for that for Zone of Interest as it was for Tar. I just haven't had the opportunity to really like advertise it or just showcase my love for the film. That's fair. Um, I think I think this is crazy hype. This is crazy gas. I probably shouldn't even say it because I know it'll disappoint you. I, <laughs> It'll disappoint you if I even say it, so I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. Say it. It's the best film of the last how many years? No, I'm not going to say that. I, I I don't I don't know. I well, let's just say I think it's the best film of the decade so far. Dang. That's so the last what 5 years? 2020. Yeah. Four years, five, four or five years, yeah. Yeah. So I've got a, uh, I've got a very, very fun question just regarding the zone of interest, which is going to be our next episode yeah, coming out, right. uh, early next w- a week, probably on Wednesday. Yeah. Um, Wednesday evening release. But the, uh, what does it say about me as a person if I love? The zone of interest. Like, what does it say if, like, I love the depiction of Germans chilling right next to Auschwitz? <laughs> like, I know that that's not just what it what it is, because I did see like the first forty minutes before I conked out. I know that's not all of what it is. There's atrocity. And it's clearly not glorifying everything. What? But yeah, like, I mean, 
we'll talk about it more in detail in our in our episode. But it's I guess it's a more cursory kind of like short answer to that. I mean, this film does not glorify or show any sense of like nostalgia towards the Nazis. I mean, in absolutely. any way. Yeah. I mean, if if anything, I mean, it's a complete damnation of Nazism and our uh, proximity towards committing those atrocities that they have. Yeah. That they did back back in the 30s and 40s. Mm-hmm. Um, which is still, you know, that wasn't that long ago in the grand scheme of things. Um, so, you know, that's also terrifying to think about. Um, yeah. But yes, I think The Zone of Interest is probably the best film of the 2020s so far. Um, honestly, it's not even close. I'm going to say that. Uh, I don't know. I mean, Tar is probably my number two. Yeah, I think yeah, Tar is like my number two. Um, but I think this film is a, a must watch for everyone living on planet Earth right now. Um, this is a necessary viewing, especially for Americans um, and Europeans. Um, but for everyone in general, I think this is a necessary watch uh, and is a very heady film. Very, It's like it, it confronts you with very difficult questions about the human um condition and our proximity to genocide and and committing atrocities on on that scale um so yeah <laughs> it's a but terrifying film it's a terrifying film and thinking about it in that context which is the way you should be thinking about it when you watch it um but is absolutely necessary i mean this is a jonathan glazer and the crew um, they achieved something very, very special. Um, yeah. Uh, I'll just save the rest of my praises for it later when we talk about it in full. Because I, I, do, I do have a lot of great things to say about it. And more people need to watch it. Okay, more people need to watch it. All right. Okay. It's difficult when it's not as accessible because it doesn't come out in theaters near you. Which is why we should push for more theaters to be accepting of more films and trying to expand the art of cinema to as many communities as possible. So that as many people as possible can watch these good movies. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 1,000% agree. Um... But that's next I don't know, week. is that everything? I think that's everything. I think so too. Yeah. Um Oscar stuff coming. Yes, Oscar stuff week. coming. Oh yes, that's right. Yeah. Our picks so zone of interest. What are you saying? I was gonna say zone of interest next uh, next week. Our picks and predictions also coming next week. Mm-hmm. Um for the Academy Awards, and then yeah. hopefully yeah. back to a regular ish. Schedule. Release schedule. Yeah. yeah. 
I'm really looking forward to what, talking about Zone of Interest. Really looking forward to that. I'm, yeah, if it's anything I've watched, like so I've watched like every uh like interview with Jonathan Glazer that he's done for this movie. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Well, enough of that. Enough of that. Um. Thank you, everybody, that has been listening up to this point. Um, if you haven't seen Past Lives, go watch that. Um, definitely, definitely an incredible film. One of the best films of 2023. Um, and, yeah, hope you loved us talking about it and, you know, you resonated with the film as much as we did. And then, uh, yeah, for next week, as we mentioned already, Zone of Interest and then Oscar Picks and Predictions. Um, and then also, too, the Oscars are next Sunday. So, you know, everybody gear up and prepare for utter disappointment, as usual, every year. Although this year is going to be hard to disappoint me, but we'll see. I mean, the voters, they have their ways. They're sneaky. <laughs> we will see. <laughs> we will see. Um, but, yeah, thank you, everybody, for listening. This has been the Cinematic Odyssey. We'll catch you guys next week. Um, past lives, cinematic odyssey, forever. <laughs>